Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Revelation chapter 7. Who are these clothed in white robes? You know, where they come from? I said to him, Sir, you know, and he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Dear friends of Christ, you know, if culture were determined to determine what our theme is every Sunday, perhaps our message would be how the elections turned out this past week, or maybe we talk about all the Halloween costumes, your favorite Halloween costumes you saw, or the end of daylight savings time and how everything's darker uh, as, as we get closer to the end of the year. Um, and in fact, you know, uh, as we, we th- and maybe even too, Thanksgiving is just a few weeks away because that's tied in there as well. But the church doesn't determine our culture or our message from the culture. Uh, in fact, on this first Sunday of November, every year, our church becomes countercultural against the culture. And as the daylight savings time ends, and as Darkness comes more quickly in the evening, and we live in a darker and cooler environment. We remember something completely different from darkness and cold. We remember the light and life of Christ, the light and the resurrection of our Savior. We turn our attention to death and the resurrection from the dead and the life everlasting. And of course, welcome to All Saints Sunday. That's this day. Now, All Saints Sunday turns everything on its head as as we as people think about the dead. And nothing, it seems, is as it was or is as it really is. And again, you have the Beatitudes, right? All the Beatitudes we just read, blessed, the the first are last and the last are first, everything on its head. Uh, We read that the the lives that have been cursed are actually blessed. Uh, The dead actually live. Our gospel talks about the blessings, the beatitudes. Jesus tells us that the poor in spirit, the meek, those who humble themselves before the Lord, Jesus calls them blessed. Blessed also are the mourning. Blessed are the hungry Blessed are the thirsty and the merciful and the pure-hearted and the peacemakers. Jesus calls them blessed. Not the rich, not the powerful, not the popular, but the poor in spirit are blessed. Revelation adds another beatitude. Revelation chapter 14. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. And so our theme for this morning, blessed are those who die in the Lord. You know, blessed are the dead, it sounds kind of strange. We had a, one of our loved member, beloved members, Alta Claus, pass away this week. We have her service tomorrow. And of course, as we think about all that, it seems so strange to say, Alta is blessed, but that's exactly what she is, and you know what? Alta knows she is blessed. As Alta was dying, 
She looked forward to being blessed. She was excited about going home. That's what the saints do. That's what the people of faith do. Get to a point where we say, you know, my life on this earth has pretty much reached its limit. The body is wearing out. It's time for me to be blessed. I've been waiting to be blessed my whole entire life. It's my moment. And that's what this day is all about. But the Bible and the world talks about death in a completely different way. The Bible talks about it in an ominous way too, just like culture does. Death is not a good thing. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, and the soul who sins will surely die. Death sounds like a threat. Death sounds like a curse. It is. It is a curse. It's a punishment. Death is a direct result of our disobedience. It is the anger of God, the outcome of sin. But I, as a Christian, am not telling you anything you as a Christian don't already know. You know what death is. And you know death is not fun. And from that perspective, death is anything but blessed. But consider this perspective from the Psalms. This verse looks at death completely differently. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Precious is the death. That's not words I would use to describe death as precious. When God's holy ones, His holy people who have been washed clean, justified in the blood of Jesus, die, Jesus views their death as a precious thing. Precious and holy. Wow, that's not the way we look at it. God sees a believer die, He calls it a blessed event. We grieve and we mourn. And we curse it. And I think it's safe to say that few would attach these adjectives, blessed and precious, to the noun of death. Just doesn't fit. From our perspective, death is anything but precious. Certainly, it's difficult to see the blessings. But like I said, we live in a counter-cultural message. Our culture is constantly trying to bury death. It's trying to, to whitewash death, trying to make death seem not all that bad. And we talk about then people die and we celebrate life. But we don't celebrate the life we have in Christ Jesus. The big thing today has been to celebrate that person's life. And we think about all the good things we've done. We get together and we hold hands and we, we cling to our memories and we whitewash death but the, answer hasn't been question, but the question hasn't been answered. What happened to the person who just died? They're dead. They're gone. They're not coming back. Where did they go? Why did they die? And is there any hope? We want our culture to talk honestly about the topic of death. But perhaps the, the, the most... The, the time we get mo closest to talking and being honest about talking about death is during Halloween, right? I mean, during Halloween, you have people, your neighbors, turn their yards into cemeteries. Have you noticed how it's kind of the thing? You know, we used to decorate our, our houses for Christmas with lights to celebrate Christ coming to earth, and now we celebrate darkness in the world by 
putting lights on our homes and turning our yards into cemeteries with, with caskets and skeletons and, 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 and tombstones. But Halloween doesn't look at death honestly. No, it makes death kind of something that's fun. Death is fun and scary and frightening. And we have coffins that are empty and we have skeletons made of plastic. We have zombies walking around, but death? Yeah, it's all pretend. It's all make-believe. It's all fun. Until it gets real. And then when it gets real, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to deal with it. Again, have you been to a funeral recently? If you've been to a funeral, you've listened to the messages, have you noticed how they changed over the years? I don't think from this pulpit, but you know, if you go to a funeral unbeliever, you know, they again they mask things. They talk about memories. People exchange all kinds of sentiments, sweet sentiments about their loved ones. He's in a better place. People who haven't known our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there's no hope, but they're in a better place. Or they talk about the dying process and they they comfort themselves by saying, oh, they're they're playing golf in heaven, or they're playing uh, cards in heaven, or they're cheering for the Hawkeyes of the Cyclones in heaven, or doing whatever they love to do when they're here on earth. People relive those memories, and they relive those thoughts, and they find comfort in them, saying, they'll live on in our memories, they'll live on in our memories. That's all fine and good, but what happens when we die? What happens when the memories die? What happens to them then? What happens to the forgotten? We need to talk about death more honestly. And sometimes a few pastors will do just that. Sometimes a few pastors will talk about death honestly. And sometimes a pastor will even dare to state that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the dead will be raised. Just like Christ was raised from the grave, so too are the lives of His saints. Their bodies will rise. This body in the casket before us today will rise again. This body will live. And we talk about that, the resurrection of the dead. The certain hope that we have of the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. But that's not proclaimed boldly from every pulpit. But understand this, the resurrection is the center of the Christian faith. You take away the resurrection... And if Christ has not been raised, then there is no resurrection of the dead. And if Christ has not been raised, then we're still in our sins. And if Christ has not been raised, then we of all people are to be pitied most because we believed in a lie. But, Paul says in his his letter to 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, the resurrection chapter, he concludes, but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Pretty clear. Christ is the cornerstone of that message, the resurrection, the cornerstone of the Christian faith. He died, He rose. 
it matters. Christianity is the only religion that worships a God who died and then lives. He's the only religion that has victory over the problem of death. It's the only one. Outside of Christianity, nobody has a resurrected life. You live a resurrected life. I live a resurrected life. Christ has a resurrected life. Outside of Christianity, outside of Christ, death is never precious and death is never blessed. But is death a blessing? It is for the followers of Jesus, isn't it? As believers, we have a monopoly on this life issue. Nobody else has it. We corner the market. Death, resurrection, we've got it. God's the one who comes to proclaim it. That's why we can talk about death and use words like precious and blessed. Precious indeed are the saints who die in the Lord. And we can say it with confidence. My death will be precious. My death will be blessed. Again, John wrote, blessed are those who die in the Lord. Well, what about those who die without the Lord? They're not blessed. Their death is not precious. It's a curse. For all who trust in Him, though our Lord has transformed us, transformed our hearts, and He will transform our bodies, God turns the wages of sin into this wonderful moment of profound blessing. Yes, the wages of sin is death, but for the saint of God, death is a precious, holy, good thing. Again, it's All Saints Day. And we remember all the saints who, from their labors rest, maybe you have some in your family, the ones that you remember this day, can get emotional. And I want to take time to remember those who have died in the faith, who left us a legacy, who passed the faith on to us, who shared their faith and walked with us, and perhaps is the reason why our church is here. Our hymn puts it this way, We feebly struggle, but they in glory shine. Our Lord's beatitudes have been fulfilled in the death of His saints. Now, they don't have their bodies back yet. We need to realize the process. The soul goes to be with the Lord. The Bible calls it paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Their soul goes to be in the presence, and they feel the joy, but it's not complete until Christ returns and the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ raise imperishable, as Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. And on that day, when Christ comes and the dead in Christ rise and you rise and my body rises, then the Beatitudes will fully be fulfilled in the saints. They're blessed, completely blessed. The poor have been made rich, the grieving now rejoice, the hunger never hunger, the thirst never thirst, the weeping never weep. They're blessed. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, for the Lamb is in the midst of the throne, will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. A great mystery is happening today. 
The great mystery of the faith is called Holy Communion. And you come to the altar and you receive the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you say, oh, that's all good. I need my sins forgiven. Oh, there's so much more happening in this meal. The word itself, communion, the the prefix C-O-M, means with. And then unity, communion, with union. When you take the body and blood of Christ, we are participating in Christ. His body, His blood is the church. We are being church. For those of you listening online, Christ lives in you, Christ dwells in you, but the church happens here. The church happens when the proclamation is handed out. The church happens when we come to the altar and receive the body and blood of Christ and we participate, the Bible says. Koinonia is a Greek word. Participate to share in the body and the blood, in, in the lifeblood of the church, not just the saints that are living, but all the saints who have ever lived gather with us together at this table. A great mystery happens here and you can't even see it. The angels and the archangels, we say, in our communion service, were joined by all the company of heaven. Communion with unity. The resurrected body of Jesus. His body given and shed for forgiveness and life. You have a loved one? Commune with them. We are one body. We are not separated in the body of Christ. And as you leave the communion rail today after receiving and communing with your God and receiving and communing with all the saints, go to the speaker over there, the the announcement speaker, and, and let us know. Let us know the person that you have in mind that you want to honor this day by remembering their faithfulness in the Lord. And as you do, we'll keep taking communion. And as you do, we'll keep singing the hymns. And as you do, you know, you'll keep speaking the names. Why? Because blessed are those who die in the Lord. They die. Remembering their victory is so important. This is a good day. And we remember them as we join them in Holy Communion here on earth while they enjoy this Holy Communion with the Lord in heaven. And what is heaven like for them? Well, we don't really... No, not much in the Bible is said about that. We know what it's like for those who are here, but little is said. We have snapshots, we have, we have uh, glimpses, we have parables. Did you know the Bible depicts the kingdom of God kind of like a party though? A party where there's good wine and good food and good fellowship and good friends and celebration. Describes it that way much more than than you know, wine and, and, and song and singing and dance. It describes it that way much more than it does describing it harps sitting on clouds and playing forever in the clouds of heaven. <laughs> the way you might depict heaven. We know one thing for sure. Heaven is eternal. The main activity there will be worship. Gathering before God, working for God, singing with God. 
doing what we do, eating, drinking, taking care of one another, taking care of God's kingdom, it will be an everlasting praise of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit being what He created us to be, loving people and loving His creation. And we sing heaven's song. Heaven's song in, in Revelation. And we sing it in our liturgy. This is the feast. What's the feast? A victory for our God. What is the feast? The great mystery that comes before us. The, the church, the body of Christ, those living, those dead, gathering together in the church, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. This is the feast of victory for our God. Blessing and honor and glory and might and praise be to God and the Lamb forever. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. This blessing is happening to us right now. This blessing is happening to the saints of heaven right now. And it's among us. They can't see us, we can't see them, but they are here in holy communion with us. Are the dead blessed? <laughs> yes. They are. As long as they die in the Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.